good in the hood. All good in the hood. All good in the hood. You don't hear that too often anymore. Nope. You don't have wondered why does coffee have to come out as hot as it does? Uh, like you'd think the machine could just be not 180. Not steaming hot. Yeah, like it's really hot. Burn your face off. Yeah. A kid uh, in one of the classes that I teach yeah. burned himself on the weekend. He was making cookies, really? melt, melted butter in the microwave, went to grab the bowl with his bare hands, oh, spilled the butter on his face, oh, on no. his chest, and on his arm. No. So he got like first and second degree burns. Do I know him? Yeah, he's in the one class that I teach. He was in here yesterday. So oh, he's got in the school class. Yeah, in the school class. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, burned himself. Yeah. That sucks. Oof. But he said that the doctor said he'll recover fully, which is good. Oh. But like, holy Christ. Painful too. There's a conversation. Hot oh. things. Here's a here. hot thing. Okay, here's a conversation. Listen, listen. I stepped on a hot coal three summers ago from, from my fire pit. Yeah. Right through my the heel of my foot. Really? Man. Didn't feel great, I would no, imagine. I burned, I burned a piece of wood into my heel. How hot do you think the coal was? It was white hot. Okay. So, you know how hot the sun is? Yeah. Like ten thousand degrees Fahrenheit. I know. I know. You know how hot that is? I don't. It's just a ball of gas. Can't cannot imagine how hot that is. It looks like so a, beautiful when you look at it from here. Yeah. It looks so beautiful, but it's a, just a big fire. Yeah. Think like you think And we don't live without the sun. In the summer, how hot the sun is. Crazy. It, it takes eight minutes for the heat to get here. It's like traveling at light speed. It's like it's, it's crazy. crazy. It is crazy. Crazy. So yeah. Um, well, universe. I know. Universe. Again, once again, here we go. I know. Um, okay, so uh, I had a busy week this week, so I didn't launch the store. For, I didn't open it for everyone yet, just because I don't want to be inundated. Yep. Good inundated. Word. Yep. Inundated. Good word. That's a good word, right? Mm -hmm. Just looking for props. Oh, I love it. Um, but by the time you listen to this episode, it should be open for okay. all, or the the week that this episode's released. So someone can get a green shirt. No, like we don't have green. We only have blue. Oh, you're just doing the blue. Yeah, blue. We have blue, blue shirt, gray shirt, black shirt, black shirt, gray sweater, or yeah. black sweater, gray sweater. Yeah. Hats. Yeah. Towels, drawstring bags. Yeah. And I might even throw in a free gift if you get an order. <laughs> <laughs> don't uh, tell so, them that. Don't tell them that. I know. I know. So. Uh, thanks to all the people that are members that bought stuff. That was pretty cool. It's cool. It was cool to see it. Uh, get going. I was at the, the post office and I was telling the lady what was going on because they were all confused that I already had the customs label printed to send it to the yeah. States, to the US of A. Yeah. And she was like, oh, like, what are you guys doing? Whatever. So I was explaining, oh, we got this store from this podcast. And she's like, really? Like, that is crazy. I've never had someone come in here with something really? like that. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'll see you more often. Interesting. This yeah. is where I'm mailing my stuff. Yeah. So, um, so thanks to the membership people that did that. If you'd like a membership, it's a good idea. Good value for you guys. It's couple, awesome. couple consults it. booked up with some of the some of the members of school. I started using my phone calendar, by the way. How does that work? Where you can like add a yeah. Do you like it? Yeah, because it's it's like I just get default because normally I was using reminders on my iPhone, like the reminder app. Yeah, which is good. Okay. But the calendar's nice because you can just pop in and then you can look at your day and what you have all. I'm so bad with it. I know your technology. So bad good, with it, man. It's just, it's nice because I can, so my point of bringing that up was because of the con the people that want to do 
consultations, I can just fire it in there. And I know like when yours are, I know when mine are, yeah. I know when everything is and it pops up. I can set the reminder time for it. So I, I can stay on top so of remember it. I asked you the other day to just print out my schedule for right. the next, yeah. for the next couple months. Mm-hmm. Dude, I've tried everything. <laughs> it's, it's horrible things. It's yeah. either right in my head and I, I, re- I remember it. I don't know how I do it. Or like I've tried at one point, I used a Franklin planner. Franklin planner. It looks like a Bible. Oh, yeah. But it's got your whole year, 365 days. So anything that you book, you pencil it in. Yeah. yeah. And to me, that was the best, except sure. I don't want to carry the Bible around. Uh, you know, the big thing. Mm-hmm. And then still, still, I'd be, yeah, yeah, I'll just remember that. It's amazing to me, like the difference in, 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 like there's people like me. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I, a guy like you must look at and go, why don't you just write it down on a thing that you'll always look at, like your phone? And it's like, no. No, I, you know what? I can understand. Can you? Like, I prefer having things written on paper. Yeah. Then, like, I don't, I don't like writing things on a tablet or uh, my laptop or whatever. So, like, for certain things, when it's more convenient, I can access it. So, yeah. I can do it. But my preference is to have it written, like, on a, in a book or yeah. in a, on a piece of paper. Yeah. I like that better. Um, my brother used for a while. I don't know if he still does. He got dryer a dry erase calendar. Yeah, and he you was can't using bring that. that everywhere. No, so now That's he's a- now he uses his phone. But <laughs> yeah, I'm brutal. I know. I don't because I don't trust myself to like the remember thing like you do because you're actually pretty good about remembering all your stuff. And I think I would be, but I just don't trust that yeah. I'm going to remember. So how a typical appointment goes with me? Yeah. So <laughs> if it wasn't for uh, Waze or Google Maps and stuff in the car right now. Honest to God, this is how I used to travel. I think I've told you this. Pick a city. Barrie. Barrie, Ontario. Well, that's too easy. You take the 401 to 400. Go to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Scottsdale, Arizona. Perfect. This is how I do it. I'll look at a map and I'll know, okay, what rough highway I need to start. So you cross the border, you got to pick the right highway or else you go the wrong way. (laughs) And I'll follow that and I'll say, okay, I've got to get to, let's say, Chicago. Yeah, and then I'll stop in Chicago and I'll go out and ask someone, "How do I get to this place?" Are you kidding me? That's how I did it all my life till the, this other stuff came out. How 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 ridiculous is that? It's uh, it's that's archaic. How I that's how I go through I don't life. Like that. It's a it's a it's a, you're walking on a cliff. I was just gonna say, it feels you're like walking, walking on, on a cliff, cliff every I day. I wouldn't like that. And I and and the discipline to write something down and carry it with me, like I know you got the phone. You think that's a real simple thing? That's the hardest thing in the world for me. Yeah. Yeah, because I get I just lose it typing. Yeah, I would just do it using agenda. I'm not 125. Kind of I'm 54. I know. You think I'd get it by now? Hey, man. Nonetheless, I started using the phone calendar. Yeah. So for the people that enjoy some consultation time, uh, memberships can get that plus the videos and discounts for stuff, yeah. which is cool. Awesome. And then uh, review the podcast, man. Leave comments and stuff so we can interact with you, and it, it helps to to spread the word. Instagram stories are cool too. A lot of you guys have been doing that, which is sweet. And then the last thing I'm going to say is the summer programs that we have coming up. For anyone who's um, looking for ice in the summertime, this it's for just like more elite players. So AAA kids that are from, how what's AAA first year now? U10 would be the 2014s, Ten. I think. I don't U, know. I think it's U10 is the first year. I have so to look at my I calendar. Think, yeah, yeah. So it's 2014s. It's 2014. <laughs> <laughs> so 2014s. And up, if you guys are playing AAA, we have six weeks of AAA camps from 2014s up to 
the U16 age. And then we also have our junior college camps and stuff like that. So all that stuff's just private invite only stuff. So if any of you guys are out of town and you want to come down for a few days, um, we're doing them in four day cycles for each age, age group. So it'll be like a Monday to Thursday. So if you guys are interested in doing that, if you want to reach out uh, through the contact page on the website, um, we can chat about that and I can let you know dates and times and, and stuff. I, I believe that that's going to be real good for a lot of the people out of town. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Yeah. It'll be a great camp for yeah. you all. You learn a lot, a yeah. ton. Use the gym the whole bit. Yeah. So um, I just want to start throwing that out yeah. as the summer yeah. approaches because uh, it'll yeah. be from the second week of July until the third week of August. We're going to have them running. So pick your be, week. Yeah. There'll be two two different week options for each age group. So you'll have. Yeah, we've uh, got a great staff that uh, are on the ice with me. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So those are all my housekeeping items I'm jacked I, I get jacked when i think about being on the ice with good hockey players yeah it's fun man i love it especially new guys i like i love working yeah. with some new guys yeah the summer and it's pretty like the nice thing about the way we set it up this year too is it's we're doing it in four day blocks so it can be pretty accessible for people yeah. that are maybe not super far away but guys that are local enough to come down for a few days it's yeah. not like the most inaccessible thing ever so yeah. uh i'm gonna start throwing that out a little bit more because i know a lot of people are reaching out about ice time and stuff i met actually met one kid at the uh the saginaw game on saturday yep mom and the kid came up yeah, and we're the mom, mom said hi to me too so hi. yeah yeah they recognized they recognized me from the podcast we were chatting a bit and i was letting them know about uh some summer options and stuff because it's nice to actually connect with the people that listen to the podcast and, and chat stuff like that so it's oh, an option it. if you're close enough right so i love it okay that's it your turn okay so uh i got Two quotes to start the day. Oh, you're taking the quotes, eh? No, no, I'm All doing right. it because I was reading one of my one of my books, and I just feel that both of these quotes are very uh, applicable to how we're going to be speaking today. Okay, so my one quote I've used this before, and it's uh, it, it says if if there is no enemy within, the enemy on the outside can do you no harm. Simply meaning, obviously, that if you're if you if you've got it together in your head and you have a belief system in yourself, and you don't, you don't let other people's negativity or don't you, whatever, you don't get um, intimidated by things. If you believe in yourself six inches between your ears, then nothing outside can can stop you. Yeah, that's facts. Oh, it's it's awesome. Yeah, that's facts, man. You know, sure. and it's facts because I, I, I look through my life and I, I, I know that to be very true. You know what, you I, know? The, the way that I like thinking about that one is uh, when you when you get to that point where you've just settled with yourself internally to a, to a, such a degree, insecurity just goes away because you're not, you're not scared to own not knowing. And I think a lot of insecurity stems from that, you know, from it's not like, knowing. Yeah. From not knowing yeah. or not being experienced or you, you feel inadequate because you fill in the blank, which thing you, whatever thing you don't know in whatever domain, you're not good enough or you're not, uh, experienced enough at whatever the task is or you think you're too short or you, or you think, think you're there's too, better people that yeah, are whatever better, someone's better looking someone's taller someone's stronger someone's whatever fill in the blank and you just feel inadequacy towards whatever that thing is so i guess there's kind of two things one is that you know a lack of knowledge or you don't understand how to do something that's one form and then other thing is another form would be things that you can't control like height and those types of things but when you settle with yourself internally it's it really is uh a good feeling to not have that insecurity. And, th and that doesn't mean you never have it. Like for me personally, I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider myself insecure in any real way. That doesn't mean I never feel it though. Like there are times where you you can feel the insecurity, but it's not something that you can't manage. And I think when, 
where things go off the rails if you can't manage it. Yeah, I would so agree. So if you don't, if you don't have, because everyone's human, you're gonna feel moments where you you're, you feel like you're inadequate, and then you get insecure and feel like you're being judged, and all those things. Those are normal feelings. But where it felt r- runs off the rails is where you you can't manage those feelings internally, and being able to manage it is so 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 helpful, man. It's so helpful. You can go into any situation and just be good with whatever the outcome is. So that's that's good. That's a good quote, man. I like that. Yeah, one. it's a it's a it's great a quote. So one more time, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do you no harm. It's really good. Did you know so who said the that kids? One? The, uh, it's an African proverb. It is an African proverb. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's an African yeah. proverb. Yeah. yeah. Why African? I don't know. I don't know either. But it's it's good. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second, the second one I wanted to say was from the book Grit. So Grammy got me that for my birthday. She called me a couple of weeks ago. So she's always, you know, it's always the best book or it's the best gift to get me. Mm-hmm. So she got me, uh, she ordered it, got the book to me a couple of days ago and, uh, it's called Grit. And, uh, the reason I wanted it is it sounds great. And I, I get fooled by titles a lot sometimes, but uh, Adam Bennett was, uh, yeah, read was it. Say, he said he suggested he, it. Yeah. So it was been in the, it's been in the back of the mind of my mind and uh so i finally been buckled down and, sh- and grammy got it for me and uh grit it's uh, i mean i think we understand what grit is but uh the way she puts it in a in a in a sentence or i'll say it's a quote is uh grit is the perfect combination of passion and persistence even if you have natural talent it's nothing without grit i love it uh grit is the difference between a person succeeding or failing a person with grit is more likely to succeed than a person who does not. Simple as that. Angela Duckworth, and then she does. She has a a, a little diagram that says, "Talent times effort equals skill." So, you know, I discover that oh, I, I I can skate a little bit and I can shoot a puck a little bit. I have a little bit of talent in hockey. Putting effort in will give you like a certain amount of skill. So, from there, skill. Once you have a little bit of skill, now you put the effort in, that can equal achievement. So anyways, I, I like this because it's going to go with what, so keep that in mind today, the, the, uh, the, about the em- enemy within and the grit theory. Yeah. I think that's a, that's kind of a good way to frame up the podcast. Cause we were going to talk about, uh, with the draft coming up and stuff like that, we're going to kind of revisit the, um, I would think kind of the process that players and parents kind of go through yeah. in dealing with that. Cause it can be, it's not, it can be, it is a time of huge heartbreak for a lot, a lot, a lot of young players, most young players actually. Um, and that, that doesn't just mean the kids that don't get drafted. That's kids that get drafted even, you know? So I think that frame, keeping those two things in mind as we go through this is, is helpful. So that's a good tee up. Yeah, so speaking of, the, as you mentioned, the draft, so we're talking about the Ontario Hockey League draft, which is this, basically the same thing as all the Canadian Hockey League draft, which means that they select their players to to have potential to make their team over the next couple of years. That's what the draft is, not unlike the NHL draft. Um, but I also want, because I know we have a lot of uh, American um, uh, listeners, and I, I would this applies the exact same way to colleges to the college process. So basically what we are trying to do, uh, you know, like when you get early recognition, it's, it takes a lot of pressure off, right? If you get early recognition. So like if you're a college player, you know, commitments. So we got the OHL draft starting in a month, which is in April, I believe the end of April. 
twenty first, April twenty first. Yeah, and then uh, there's the the signing period, which I think just happened with the colleges, right? I don't know. Yeah, there's a period where the colleges are allowed to sign people. So that's you know people people that are seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old that are playing junior somewhere. Like the that would be their their written commitments. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Is that what it is? I, I'm assuming yeah. that's what you mean by sign. Yeah. 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 So, um, so that's, you know, so, so that's the same thing. Guys can get anxious for that and then maybe it doesn't happen or there's not as many schools that, uh, that you thought were uh, interested in or there's a ton. So anyways, it's all the same thing. So, but I'm going to, for, for, to keep it simple and because I'm a Canadian guy, I'm going to use the OHL draft and I'll reference the, the, the college situation and that I don't know thoroughly. I just know, um, like, Enough to enough. talk about. Enough, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so, anyways, it's coming up, and um, as you said, it's it's a great day for some, um, you know. And if you think about it as a Canadian kid, and and many many uh, United American kids, and even kids in Europe that get in the import draft, it's a it's a great opportunity for people to go to one of the best leagues in the world, to uh, to and it's the next level to get drafted to the National Hockey League, one of them. So uh, obviously, if you're playing hockey here in Ontario or BC or Quebec or something like that, um, around 16 years old and 17 years old is your junior draft, which which uh, which is important. So like, what happens when we when we play hockey as a youth? Once we understand hockey, we understand the process, and we understand that oh, I'm not a bad player, um, and you're playing maybe AAA or not or whatever. But you and you got you're big, and things are coming together as a hockey player. That's kind of the big dream. And even, even some of that has no intention of necessarily playing in the Ontario hockey league or the Canadian hockey league. Um, it's a nice feather in the cap, even if they wanted to go play for Harvard university or something like that, it's nice to say, okay, they acknowledge me cause I'm a good hockey player. So, and I've seen that several times too. So it's uh, so if you think about that, you put in the work and the effort and, and that 16 year old year is coming and, and everybody's focused parents and, 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 and the coaches are talking about the Ontario Hockey League draft or the CHL draft. So that's understandable why people get uh, very excited about it. The reality of it, though, is, you know, I've, as a player, you know, a, a lot of guys on my team were the same thing. They were all, ex- they were all excited about that. Uh, so this is back in 1985, which is a long time ago. <laughs> and, but, but you, you knew that, like, for most of you, this isn't going to happen, right? Like you just, the numbers are the numbers and there's, there's a, a lot of very good hockey players out there. So to be one of 200 or 300 players to get selected, it's uh, you, you got to be pretty damn good. Um, so I, I do my best to try to prepare kids and players like that and not like sit them down and say, okay, this is how it's going to be because that's not the right thing to do. But as, as even when kids are young, so we'll talk about like little things like, um, kids, parents see their kids have potential. They're 13, 14 years old and they start getting excited. They think they got to start making some moves because this, the draft is coming in a couple of years. And I think I got something here. You know, what, what I always say to people, I said, it's, it's great that he's good. And I mean, it is great that he's good. Uh, just continue to work hard. Um, a lot of things can change and, uh, and there's a lot of good hockey players out there. And that's, uh, you know, I hope that doesn't sound negative to someone when I talk to, but it's the being real, being realistic with them is to say like being good now is one thing. Staying good is another. Getting better is important. And there's a lot of you out there. Yeah, for a sure. lot. So, so that's the first thing. I think I don't, don't want to jump the gun. No, on no, you, it's but- all good. The big, th- I was just as you're talking, I was looking up uh, just some of like the age averages for teams, and 
for the OHL for this year, the average age is between 18 and 19 years old, which probably doesn't come as a surprise to anybody. But when if you're not really thinking about it, then maybe you're not acknowledging that that is the reality of the league, meaning most of the players are 18 turning 19. They're not 16. And that's way different from 16 to 18, 19. So the, I think the, and, and for college, it's even later. Average, average age for the college students is 20, right? Or 21, 22, you know? So most college freshmen are 20. They're not 18. It's very few. Even if you're coming from the States, there's not a lot of 18-year-olds that start no, I, the freshman year it, in yeah. college, right? My point in bringing that up is I think the, and it's not just a, it's not just a hockey thing. It's just in a life thing. People are not patient. Everybody wants everything right now. And even for the kids that are playing, if you're fortunate enough to play in the OHL when you're 16 and 17, a lot of times it doesn't feel like they're quite there yet anyways because they're not playing a lot or they're not, they don't have a vital role to the success of the team. So even if they are there, it still doesn't feel like you're really there yet because you're not one of the go-to guys necessarily where you really, you really feel like you're contributing. So that's kind of the missing link for a lot of a lot of players, a lot of parents, is they're not patient. They're expecting, oh, 16 is the year, when it's actually not. 18 is the year, 19 is the year. And then for college, it's even later. You know, guys will play their first year of, if they, if they miss the draft, the impatience starts again. They start playing, let's say, junior B, and they're 16, 17, and they're not committed to university when they're 17 or 18. It's like, well, yeah, but the average age is 20. So... Their, your expectation is not really aligned with what reality is yeah. with either league, with the, whether yeah. it's the OHL or college, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and to your point, the the, the draft day is very, very. It's a, it's an unbelievably um, when you are drafted and you're drafted where you think you're going to get drafted. It's an unbelievable day. It's it's yeah. uh, this is what I've worked my life for. That's what a this 15, 16 year old kid says, and I'm on my way. And it's it's a great day uh, because it gives you a chance to maybe for the first time in your life, recognize that I, I do have a chance. Like this, being an NHL hockey player is actually a possibility now because I got this feather in my cap. For, for a, a, a lot of people, it just is a one big disappointment. Uh, now, not, not everybody because some people don't care what round they got drafted in. But, you know, if, when someone tells, when you're hearing or you think that you're at this level, and um, and you don't get drafted, like let's say you're supposed to be a third or a fourth round pick, and you get drafted in the eighth or ninth, like that is a disappointment. That's hundreds of players later, or a couple hundred players later, a hundred, whatever, hundred players later. So that's like it's it's disappointing, but you still like okay, I got drafted, I got a chance, right? And then devastating for most, because on uh, like on my team when I played and the kids growing up, it's like there's only going to be on a really good team. Well, no, I'm not. I'm excluding like the Toronto Marlies or the, you know, the high-end Toronto teams or Detroit, you know, the big, the big centers, they have uh, typically have a lot of their kids get drafted just because it's so condensed with hockey players. But on a typical team, you might have five on a really, really good year. Oh, two or three. Yeah, really no, good. that's what I'm yeah. saying. You might have zero to five. And, and the most I've seen around here, there was one team that I think had seven. This was a long time ago. And uh, that was, a, that was a nice draft. So, um, so that's like for the most of you, you're not not getting drafted. And I try to prepare parents for that um, a lot. I was having a conversation like um, you try to prepare parents, right? You try to prepare kids. So a lot of the times, parents uh, they 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 get caught up in things like 
what they see. Let me say what they see. Okay. What the kids see and what the parents see. So I was having a conversation with uh, with a, a dad the other night, and uh, we were talking about. You know, I said to him, I said, you know, people don't understand when they're in the in the draft or college recruiting and stuff how many good players there are out there. Like you just don't see them. So this person said to me, he goes, yeah, like for you, living in Windsor, you wouldn't you wouldn't see all the best players from the GTHL, right? And I said, and I said, no, we see them in, here and there. But he was saying, like a day to day basis, seeing how good the league is and how many players there are. And uh, I said, no, and vice versa. You guys are shocked when you realize that there's a kid from Windsor that's better than than ninety five percent, or is in that one percent class in your league. And he goes, that's true. Or there's a kid from Timmins, Ontario that could actually be a first-line player on your team. And he goes, yeah, that's true too. So it's like vice versa. Eh? Like the world is big. Well, just to second that, I was talking to a kid last week and they were t- they were talking about the kids in our area that they think are going to get drafted, whatever. And there's one kid in particular that's very good. And he was saying he thinks he's going to get drafted in whatever round, like the kid thinks, right? And then I said, I don't know, like there's a lot of players, right? He could. If he did, the way I said it to him, I was like, if he goes in the round that you just said, I wouldn't be surprised. If he goes a lot later, I also wouldn't be surprised. And he's like, what do you mean? You think there's X number of guys better than him in Ontario? And I was like, there could be. It's like, there's a lot of players, man. So I, we did like some basic arithmetic about the number of teams and the number of players that are just in Ontario in the known places. Like just so between the Alliance League that we're in or that Windsor Sun County are in, the GTHL, then you have the Ottawa League there where, and then you have where wherever Sudbury is up there. You have the loop where there's like the Quinty Red Devils and like, the, I don't even know what league that's called, but whatever. So there's like six or seven leagues, each with at least eight teams, 10 teams of players times 17 players per team. It's like, there's a lot of guys, man. And that's that's just in Ontario. It's not they go into Michigan, right? They go they look at other guys and they're looking at guys that are the year older as well because now they have the U eighteen draft. There's a lot of there's a lot of guys around, you yeah. know. So yeah. the other one I used to them is I said you never you never expected on our team that you would have a, a second round pick from Holstein, Ontario. Where the heck that sounds like it's a cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah second yeah. round pick. So no one saw that on the radar. Right. 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 And he's good. And he's right? good. Yeah. So like, yeah, like, so when you, when, when moms and dads and their buddies make the observations on how good someone is, it's like, wow, man, come on. Like, you don't even know. Well, here's the question to ask is you see when people say, Hey, like he's a really good player. It's like relative to what, like, what is the measuring stick that you're using? Because if he's a really good player relative to the 15 other guys or 16 other guys on the Windsor team, maybe he's a really good player but maybe he's really good just relative to those guys. Maybe if you throw him in a game with all the best guys, you don't even see him out there, you know? So remember, remember to just, that's a, the, the world is big. There's a lot of guys, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the other thing is, is what parents, parents and kids both get caught up in. And I'm, I'm saying this, I'm saying this like for future parents and maybe for parents that, you know, they can look back if their kids are still playing and say, okay, I, I need to just maybe revisit this because I know when I talk to parents about this, they, and people even on the podcast go, yeah, but there's always a, yeah, but, and, and, yeah. and I get it. I get it. Like you, you get caught up in things, but where I think the biggest problem is, and this is where 
the enemy outside can do you harm. This is where you mentally have to be sharp as parents, as coaches, as players, is that you can't get caught up listening to the wrong people. And the wrong people are most people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well said. No, it's very true. It is. It's very, very true. The, most people are the wrong people. Um, who are who are those people? It's information that you're getting that's, that's not real information. So, again, as I've done in, in several episodes, it's um, look where the source of information is coming from, right? So we all know that there's scouting sites out there that, you know, we I still get emails for Charlie about, you know, coming to these combines for college. Well, he can't, but he, we still get them, right? Um, to come to these combines where there's going to be scouts, blah, 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 blah. We, we've identified you and then that's one, right? So it's like, oh, wow, these people have identified me. So if you just think of that process right now, they've got my son's name in a, in a, in a blender here. And every time they send out newsletters, he gets one. So they have no idea. Like if it's a, so it goes back to what I said earlier. It's not real. It's a name. It's, it's, it's a, a it's a number and uh, it fills their camps, right? It's nothing personal. There's not real scouting going on. Um, but they say there'll be scouts there. So that's one. Um, there's the scouting services, right? So you get, I remember getting, and all the kids on Charlie's team, I'm not saying my kid, um, getting these things like, oh, we uh, have a profile on you, you know, subscribe here. So that subscriptions mean members, members means money. And who are these people that are scouting? And let's just say that they actually are like they are the Ontario Hockey League Central Scouting, which is hired by the, the league. Even if it was them that was putting that list together for you to see, it's still, if you're the Windsor Spitfires, it does not mean that the first guy on the list is the same guy that we like or need or want or whatever. So it's still just a list. It's just a list. So people listen to those kind of things or and and or is when, when the kids go through these... Um, uh, especially in Canada, I'm not going to say the United States the same because I know they, they do things a little bit differently there. But in, in Canada, if you're playing in the spring tournaments, it's fine. Go play them. That's fine. But the intention of if you think you're making real connections, you're not. If you think that you're, they're, you're being scouted, you're not. And that's what a lot of people or, – or, and the other thing is they compare – where they stock up with with within their age group, and they and they think they're playing on better teams with better players and stuff, and it's just putting the same kids in a blender and playing. So it's like this is not real. And the more the sooner that you understand that, uh, the then you don't have to. That's bullshit. That's eliminated, right? And then lastly, um, is listening to information for some dad that knows everything about everything. And there's a ton of them out there. They know who they think they know, who's getting drafted. They know a guy that knows a guy that is a general manager for a team or the head scout for a team. And they talk, talk, talk. And it's all these people that yap and they come up with these conversations. And they and they might tell you something like, Eric, uh, you know, your kid is, uh, I heard that he's he's ranked like pretty high, like fifth round or whatever. I was talking to the guy from this guy. And, and, and this guy, they, they trick you, man. They, not, not trick you, but like I've had a couple of them. I'm going, wow, this guy actually might know something. Yeah, they sell you on it, man. Well, they yeah. just talk about it. And they know everything, right? And uh, I, I was fortunately smart enough to, to, to know and not worry about it because I, I know the game. But, uh, but, they, but they create 
that stir and they create maybe even a false hope for someone. I was talking, I was sitting beside the London scout and he was mentioning your kid's name a couple of times. Like he really likes you. It's like a dad that hears that goes, really? Eh? Like, okay, good. There's one. And, and, but they take that and they start catching the fish that's this big now, right? Instead of just, they went fish and caught a fish. Now it's the biggest fish ever. And it makes something bigger than what it actually is. Yeah. What's right? the, uh, what's the saying? The, the loudest wheel of the cart is often the worst wheel. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like, if you got this guy, that's just yapping and, and the thing too, is it's the younger, the age group, the more you should be where, like we ha- we're setting up, like I said, our summer camps. And so parents are starting to reach out. And I had one that was sent me an email about, you know, a bunch of these other players that are like really good that are interested in coming to the camp from another place, like out of town kids. And he was just adamant, like, oh, they're all really, really good players and was almost like trying to sell me on it a little bit. And I was just like, they're 12. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not, it's not impressive that there's a 12 year old that's really dominant. Like, it's good for the kid. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's great for the kid. But I'm, but it's not anything that anyone that's serious in hockey is excited about. Well, and there, there you go. Right. There's, there, it's, there is exactly where it starts. So I know exactly what you're talking about, and 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 I, you showed me the thing, and it's like, okay, so here's a dad that that has a kid that's decent, decent to good at his age, who feels like he needs to be with decent to great players so that he can have a good camp, and they're going to go in this together because these other guys that we play with, they're they're, they're you don't want to train with them, we don't want to have to do with them, we want to be with the better players. Us knowing exactly what's going to happen is that those best players could still be good players in a couple of years, but most likely it shifts. And, and and not shifts like they're going to be terrible players and everyone else will be better, but what's going to happen is it evens itself out and a, and, and a couple of those players will probably be very good and it will be might surprise you who the ones are. And, uh, and the ones that you didn't think were going to be very good might end up being very good. And might be very big and very everything and outwork and mm-hmm. all those different things, right? Yeah, and you know what's funny is I want to touch on this this insistence that you constantly play with better players. That's not always better, you know. And I so, have a question about that. Okay, go. What does Connor McDavid do? The, well, okay, so this is what or I'm saying. Or Wayne Gretzky right? or Mary Lemieux. They have no one else that can compete with them, so they have to play with lower-level players. But even even if we if we, we could jump out to another domain, just to give a, give a contrast, if I'm going to start learning MMA and I jump in the ring with Khabib or Conor McGregor day one, they're, it's, they're too good. They're too good. I can't actually learn because it's not enough. The comp, there's no competition. You know, it's that, well, I mentioned this, that rat experiment before that if, if the baby rat doesn't win 30% of the time, he doesn't want to play anymore. So if you're constantly throwing your kid into a, a pool with bigger fish, it's not, I'm not saying it's always bad. Obviously that's good. You want to get play with better players, but to insist that he's always with better players or always with better competition, that's not necessarily the best thing for the kid all the time. And, you know, I remember the one dad called you with a, a junior player and he was asking you when he can go in the pro camps. I was just going to say that. And, and it's like, no, 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 he wasn't asking. Yeah, yeah he, he wasn't was, asking. He, yeah. was, he was saying, listen, uh, I know you got your pro skates. Uh, can you get him? Can you save him a spot? He's not even at a junior, a real high end. He's not at the OHL level. It's, you want to go to the pro skate because he wants to be with the higher end players. It'd be better for him. 
okay. Who's it worse for, though? It's worse for 20 other guys and your kids out there. And yeah. I'm sorry to insult you. Yeah. But that's not the place for you. Right. You have to earn that exactly. at that point, right? And and so, I mean, that's that's a whole other side of the argument, too. It's like like how arrogant you have to be to think that, yeah, your kid can go is good enough to go out with the pro guys and not think of it from the pro guy perspective of why is this guy that barely plays a year of junior or whatever is going to come skate with us. And I got to explain to 30 other kids, well, because he, he thinks yeah, his son needs it. Exactly. Like, come on, So it's, it doesn't even matter. But then on top of that, it's not necessarily good for the kid to be in that much of a gap. You know, you want guys like there's a, I forget what the ratio is, whatever, but whenever you're practicing anything, it's like, you want to go for like 40% of the time. You want to go with guys that are as good as you 30%. You go against guys that are maybe a little bit less 30%, a little bit more. And then you get a good balance of guys that are a little bit out of your league guys that are good competition for you to go against and then guys that are a little bit worse so you can actually work on things george st pierre did that when he was training yeah exactly that's what i was thinking of yeah so so if anybody you know you get people arguing no you got to play with the best players all the time and i sure sure for whatever sure you're right i'm wrong um but uh george st pierre said that he would do he would box like when he was in in training he would box with better boxers wrestle with better wrestlers because he's an all-around guy grapple with guys that were better and then his trainer would would throw him in and this is what you were talking about i think it was danaher saying that saying that he'd throw him with guys that he knew he could beat every time because going into a fight you want wins you want to be able to you know shoot on a goalie that isn't isn't vasilevsky exactly you want to shoot on goalies and pick corners you want to play with guys that you can burn by a little bit to to get that confidence back but especially to work on a specific skill if you're going against someone that's too good then you can't just drill that move you know, so if I'm if I'm a basketball player and I need to work on like a crossover and then fading to a three point shot, if I got a guy that's like unreal at playing D, how am I? I can't practice this because he's going to be in my face the whole time. I need a guy that I can easily get to bite on my move so I can work it in slow motion and then pick it up to go against better players. Yeah, man. So yeah, it's important. I just want to touch on that because I get that all the time, and and it's not even at that high of a skill level. Like I get people all the time. And and I don't I mean no offense to people like I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad but but we'll make posts about this camp is for these players you know we have other camps for everyone but if we have a specific camp for an elite group of players then I'll get someone reach out where their kid's not even close like the kid's not even close to the appropriate level and they're asking hey any chance I can get my kid to come in and now I got to be the asshole and say okay he's not at the appropriate level which I have no problem saying but it's just just take it upon yourself to understand where and, and again i'm not saying you can never ask and and whatever because it's nice to get your kid with better players sometimes so i'm not trying to make anyone feel bad or whatever but just pay attention to what level the kid is at well know? just to add to that because i can always add something is i've seen it too many times where you know either we missed you know we didn't we missed taking the box to make sure that he was a player was qualified to go on the ice with a certain group and they come out and they actually come out a lot, most times and they go, I, I'm not very good. I had that with one kid. He just said that his dad told me that he goes, he doesn't he said he loved your camp. And he goes, he doesn't think he's very good. And, well, and I had two, our last camp. camp, I had two kids drop out after the first one because they felt bad because the level was too high. And so like shame on parents, shame on yeah, parents. Yeah, if they're doing it intentionally. Yeah. Where it's, if they're not into it or whatever, then you got to know going into it that it's not just put them in with all the Wayne Gretzky's all the time. Like, you know what that feels like when talk about insecurity at the start for a kid, when you jump on the ice and everyone's a pro and everyone knows you're not any good. 
it's like that that's tough mentally to handle you know so you, you got to be aware of those kind of things as parents yeah so having said all that stuff the combination of um building up for the draft day for all the talk all the all the sites that tell you how great you're going to be and the, the you know the kids competition of oh this team talked to me this whatever and and building up for that day and all the the dad that knows everything all that stuff comes into it comes down to uh, uh an apex i think is that the word and it's one day in the ohl and that's called draft day and all the shit that for maybe three four years that you were building up for this big day on draft day itself, you will find out exactly where you are and there's no bullshitting now. So the dad that had nothing to lose by telling you all the shit that he wanted to just spew for two years in a row about your kid or other kids comes to fruition very quickly on draft day, April 21st, 2023. And your kid is either, or you are either drafted or you're not, you're drafted where you thought you were or much later. And there's nothing else to talk about all the bullshit. So, um, and if you're in, in you're either going to be an early pick or a late pick, or you're not drafted at all. And, uh, and th- is that bad? Like, no, it's not the end of the world, but, but that's my point to all this is that everything is built up for in Canada and not all kids. Cause some kids want to go to college anyways. But for the kids that want to play major junior hockey, it's built up for one day, and that's the draft. And it could be devastating. I've seen it. I was with with a kid that was just lived down the street from me, and I saw him not get drafted. And I thought he would, based on what I was hearing as well. And then it came to the 10th, 11th, 12th round. He just went up in his room and cried because he heard what he, where he was supposed to be. And... um it's a sad thing to, to watch, but, but, but having said that, it's sad to watch, but this is why I say I try to prepare parents is don't let your kids get to that point. Like, especially when you don't understand the game, it should always be like, you just got to work hard. Don't listen to that. that so you have to do it or else your kid could get devastated. And again, I've said this before. I've only had one person that was truly, truly not devastated by the draft. And that was Aaron Eckblad. Everybody else, even like Zach Cassie went third overall in the OHL. I, and I'm, he was happy and thrilled and not not really disappointed, but he would have liked to go second or first, right? You think Shane Wright wasn't a little disappointed last year in the NHL draft? Of course. So Aaron Eckblad was drafted first overall as an exceptional status in the OHL and first overall in the NHL, so he has nothing to be yeah. disappointed yeah. about. You There's can't get any better than that, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, the... the one thing I want to maybe put in the mind of parents is the the draft is just an opportunity. It's not the end all be all. It's opening a door for you, which is great. Like that's an awesome opportunity that you can capitalize on. But it's not it's not everything. Like most guys that get drafted never play a game, you know. And so you keep keep that in mind because there's guys that they'll get drafted, they never play a game. There's guys that don't get drafted, end up playing, or they find another route. And especially now, the, how connected everything is. Like yesterday, I was talking on the phone with a coach from. Alberta and he was talking to me about trying to get guys from Ontario out there to play and and you know 10-15 years ago that wasn't it wasn't as easy to accomplish that because it wasn't as connected of a hockey road but there's a lot of different avenues and paths and I don't I also don't want to oversell the the I don't know the late bloomer thing or the unconventional path thing because most guys that play in the OHL are first to fifth rounders I would say 
most most that yeah. doesn't mean other guys aren't don't play but like we have got our guys that have played in the ohl that were drafted later than that but but the average is like one to five but my my point is going to be is that because that's all that is capable or is it because guys that are drafted outside of round five kind of don't really commit themselves or buy in because maybe they can't see the path that way I would I would say for the most part it's 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 it is what it is. It it's it, at the time as a 16 17 year old 18 year old kid they they're not better hockey players most of the time. There are kids that choose to go to college or the US program or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for the most part you've got your best players. But that that's that I know that but I'm saying is the fact that because if the average age is 18 guys that even round rounds 1 to 5 most guys' first year is going to be when they're 17 turning 18 or or 18, right? So is it because that – so if you get drafted from round one to five, you're marked as one of the best players in Ontario at the time. Agreed. As the years progress, is it that the guys that are drafted later than five or not later do one of these where they stop caring, they stop trying, they stop whatever? Or is it that everyone's trying equally – and the one to fives are just better. And oh, I think, both, both. I think it's. it's both. I was gonna yeah, say. I think both it's both. Sure. So how many guys? Sure. How many guys that are past that that fifth round just take their foot off the gas and don't give themselves a chance after that? And and my point of saying all this is that I don't want to oversell the the unconventional or the later path because it's not. It's just not the reality. Most guys that are playing are rounds one to five, but that there's a, a portion of that in, that's in your control where you just aren't committing yourself as much as you did yeah, when yeah. you thought you could get drafted. Yeah, that's the grit factor. Yeah, right? That's and the that's grit that, factor, yeah. that component you can you can control to yeah. a certain degree. So that's all I'm yeah. trying to point out. Yeah, no, that's and that's very good. So yeah, the, so and I also want to say that um, getting drafted, not getting drafted is not the end of the world. And to, to your point about overselling, I don't want to undersell some of the picks that are like are the early picks that are just really good right. and really work hard because yeah. like there is a lot of truth to like not it's mostly true but here's the thing at the draft just like the NHL when you're looking at a drafting a player someone let me go into this first okay okay so because it, it flows with what I was saying so uh, the draft is done okay the, uh, uh, April 21st and 22nd the draft is done you are drafted really late or you weren't drafted at all or whatever. Okay. Here's, here's what happens. A lot of people think that it was a bunch of bullshit. That's what you hear all the time. It's bullshit. The connections, my son is better than him. That kid went third round. He's not a third rounder. He's a, he's, he's eighth at best. And they start telling everybody where that person should get picked. And then you also hear the things because you got to cover your ass now. So, well, we were supposed to get drafted to the Sioux in the fourth round, but they took someone else. I hear this all the time, man. So they were supposed to go fourth round of the Sioux, but this other guy took it. Well, there's still 10 other rounds, dude. Nine other rounds, 11 other rounds. So it's not that spot. It's like you didn't get drafted. Okay. Um, um, that that guy got drafted because you know that sh- it's bullshit because my buddy that knows a guy that knows a guy said he should have he should have been drafted here. Uh, that guy paid a guy to get him drafted. Well, that, it, let's say it happens. Apparently, there's something going on right now. Let's say that happened. It, it wasn't your first, second, third round pick that was get that got paid out. Whatever, well, it goes, whatever, it whatever. Goes, it, but it goes it goes back to the exception, not the rule thing, right? Like there's exceptions, of course. You can find the one time a guy did this or the one percent that 
did something shady to yeah. get their kid in the draft. Whatever. That's not the majority of the That's picks. right. That's right. So then, and then the scouting service, this is bullshit because the scouting service had them ranked higher than these guys. But the scouting service isn't the real service. They're not picking the team. Uh, the college guy, you know, the college is, uh, we're going to take him. They took him. It's like the, all this stuff. But the bottom line is, is this. If you're whatever team running the team, and if you want to work here for the next 10 years, five years, or 20 years, you have to take the best players. So you're not picking someone because it feels good, sounds good, it's a nice story. You're actually looking at players that are going to be in your system or have a chance to play in your system. That's the best way to play it, to have a chance to compete for a job in your system over the next two, three, four years. So if I, and, and then when they're looking at these players, they're not looking at, at 16 years old, Eric, you're you're a first round pick, uh, and that doesn't mean you're going to be on the traje- trajectory of being a really good player in four years. You they they look they scout hockey players for a living. They might say you're a good player now, but there's that's it. That's all you got. I can see it. I've seen this a hundred times, a million times. This is all you got. You're I'm not taking you, and that's why some guys slip, even though the scouting service or the moms and dads over there say over there say he's way better, right? It's it's um, uh, you're you're trying to fill a spot and, and to to not make the team necessarily right now, it's to make it over the next couple of three years. So that's that's part of it. So it's not uh, it's not bullshit. It's not bullshit. It's 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 my business, right? If I'm the if I'm the power tech in the OHL, I get to choose what players I would like on my team. It's not bullshit. It's 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 just like my employees, right? I if someone comes and applies for a job and I just say, well. Your skill level is not where it needs to be. Number one, so you, you're not qualified. Don't take offense to that. Number two is like if you can't invest yourself to be committed to be an amazing worker, day in day out, and maybe go above and beyond, then I'm not interested in you. So it's like no different than a hockey player. It's it's and if you're not willing to work over the next, you might have to do some of the shit work for a while to get a, to to get higher up in the company, mm-hmm. right? Well, so. the Team, like you said, the teams and the, they look for different things as well. So even if it's not even necessarily the best players all the time, it's like the right players. Yeah, the right players. Yeah. So like if you're for like people, if you're if you're have a family, if you have kids, it'd be really nice to have a Corvette. But you have four kids, so how are you going to drive them around? Yeah. Even if you can afford the Corvette. <laughs> yeah. Even if you can afford it, it's like yeah, I, I would like to buy that, but I also have four kids, so I can't strap two to the roof. So I just That's can't right. pick that car. Yeah. You know, and exactly. so it's the same. It's the same with with hockey players. Sometimes there's a better a better whatever that means player on paper, but it just doesn't fit the model that you guys are looking to to fulfill as a team. So there's a lot of factors because they're just people making choices, man. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, so having said that, do the teams NHL, OHL, CHL, NCAA do they make mistakes? Hundred percent. And. They're not idiots for it. Everyone does. They make mistakes. They make mistakes. Why? Well, they might look at someone's potential and overestimate what that player can bring to can bring. They might overestimate or underestimate how much work that kid is going to put in. The grit factor again. Do they have? The, do I have someone that appears to have grit, but really doesn't? And so we talked about this a couple uh, podcasts ago. Is like, do you work hard because you enjoy? Because you're good. And it's easy and it appears like you're working hard because you're out on the ice doing the things and doing the workouts. Or are you actually working hard? And 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 this is that grit factor again. It's like, 
do you have the grit? Because again, going back to this, like even a freshman in college, I think I'm, I'm positive is when you step onto the ice on a, one of these big teams, the Michigan or colleges or the OHL, when you step on the ice, you realize real, real quick that you're not going to be the star on the team, most likely. You're going to have to earn your stripes to get up there. So that's the, the thing. Is, and so with, with, do they make mistakes? Yes, they make mistakes. They make a, sometimes they just make a bad pick. Or, or a pick that after a year or two, you realize, yeah, that kid went in the first round and he really was a fourth or fifth rounder that could play in the league. He's okay, but the fourth rounder or fifth rounder was way better or several of them around the league. So that happens all the time. And, uh, and, and that's why a lot of times you'll see a late pick make a team or a, a free agent make the team um, because they come to camp and they they sit there and they go, I, I, I didn't see what I see now. And they, they impress the brass, right? Yeah, so. the, that, I want to just touch that grit thing again. I remember I was doing uh, hill sprints with one of my buddies and he was he's just faster than me. He's just faster. So it doesn't matter how hard I try, he's faster. And so I remember getting to the top of the hill. We did like four or five sprints and he had beat me every time. And we got to the top top of the hill on the fifth one. And he's like, oh, like that's that's five oh or something. And he was like, like rubbing in my face that he beat me. And I remember saying to him, like in the moment, I was like, just because you're beating me doesn't mean you're working harder. That's what I said. And and that you see that change over time. Like you just point out maybe the guy that went first round and then he really, after a year, you see, ah, he was more like a fourth, fifth rounder or other guys catch up or, or whatever. That's one of those controllable factors that just because a guy's faster than you today, or they're better than you at a certain thing today, if you're pushing, you can, you can catch them. You can catch them. And that happens all the time to your point. You know, we got guys that go in there, they had that that, you know, whatever mentality in the off season where they're just committed and they're just dialed into it. And they show up at camp and shock people because they were just willing to close that gap. You know, they were willing to do the work to close that gap. And, and that's something that can be really, really, I want to say undervalued, but it's hard for people to see that because you don't see the progress right now today. You know, you'll see it after a, a full summer of hard work or a full off season of hard work, you'll show up to camp and then you see it. But the whole time you're doing the work during the summer, you're not seeing it. Yeah. And, and that goes back thing. to our first quote today again, too. It says yeah. there's no, you, you, you take that sprint thing that you did with the guy. If there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do you no yeah. harm. Yeah. And if you would have said, exactly. yeah, I'm 5-0 on you, and you said, yeah, I'm just, you're better and why try? Right? But you, you said, no, I'm going to just keep going. I'm going to keep working. And that's the, the, the nose to the grindstone. I'm going to do me. You do you. And at the end of the day, yeah, we'll, we'll see. see what happens. We'll see. We'll yeah. see what happens, yeah, right? For sure. And it's important. So, um, so it's not, it's not really like it's not important where you are at 16, 17. It no, it is. If you, to get on a path, you want to be to a certain level, but you want to make sure that you are. Wh- what do you want to get? I mean, we talk about this all the time at twenty, twenty one, twenty two. If you want to be a pro or get your college paid for and all that kind of stuff, that's what's the important thing. Not sixteen. So that's why you got to eliminate the crap. The crap that what everybody else is saying and just do your thing because you know you might not be the best player right now and you might not have you know you might be your drafter you have three hairs poking out of your armpits right you're not ready right you might be talented as hell you're not ready but are you going to do the work do you still believe in yourself do you, do you still get to the rank do you enjoy it like the passion and and what, what the angela duckworth was saying all right interest and passion and and work ethic to, to keep going because there's a lot of things that can change in those times 
So where do you want to be at 20? So the thing is now, so you get drafted or you don't, right? The next thing is you got to go to the camp. If you go to the camp, um, to an extent, it doesn't matter, okay? I'm going to say this like to be clear. It doesn't matter what round you're drafted to a degree, okay? So if you go to if you go to camp as a first, second, and third round pick, your first year or two, your first couple rounders have a, well, your first rounder will play because that's just the way it's set up. Uh, at least he's got to play 30 games. And then your second rounder has um, has to make it because there might not, there's not a lot of room in these camps in, in on these teams, okay? Um, and then after that, it doesn't matter where you're drafted because, and I say this both ways, you could you could go to camp and say it doesn't matter where I was drafted because there's only one spot and the first rounder is getting it and I, there's no chance of making it anyways or there's a long shot. Or you can go there and say it doesn't matter where I was drafted because there's two spots on this team and I'm freaking taking one. If it takes me two years, I'm taking it. I'm going to work my nuts off to get that spot. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And that's the attitude that you want. And when you do get to camp, you're going to notice that um, you're going to notice the big names that were drafted and the kids from the year before or the kids on the team from um, that were on the team. Um, but you're going to notice that there's free agents there that are good that you might go, oh, God, uh, Jack Guy's brother was one of them this year. Free agent, kind of a few teams that wanted to sign him. Didn't get drafted, just like his brother. Maybe it's going to be the same thing. Maybe not. Who knows? But good player. Good good power forward, man. Does things that other people don't do. Yeah. I Sorry to cut you off. I'm just Because I keep thinking the contrast between, because you said, you know, you can go into it either way, thinking there's no chance or there's a chance either way. And I love that because we have the, that example between Charlie and Seabass with our guys, right? You got Charlie going in. He was the second round guy where it's like, yep, here you get this. And then you have Seabass, who was the other one that was 12th round pick and just went in and took a spot. 16 took a spot. 16-year-old playing. So it, it happens, man. And, and Yeah, well, we got a lot of examples. Yeah, and to, like I'm saying to your point, like there, you don't want to not – it's to a degree. To a degree. It's to a degree. Yeah. But there is a degree. Oh, so, there's so a degree. It's, so it's possible. You know? There's a and, lot of players. And at the very least, you can go and, you can go and make an impression. Amadeus Lombardi, Flint's, Flint Firebirds, 13th round of the Flint Firebirds. I don't know this kid. All I know is he's really good. He went fourth round of the Detroit Red Wings last year, and he's good. Four, he, 13th round to the Flint Firebirds. Will you get drafted in the 13th round? In all realistic, like if you're sitting there with your family and stuff, you sit there and you go, I guess I'll give it a shot. Or you go there with an attitude that you go there and, and Maybe your ignorance is bliss, and you don't realize whatever. And or you go there and say, "I'm going to work my ass off, and I'm going to make this team because I know I'm good." The enemy within will do you right. So um, and then you got late picks who make the team, and I mean, on on every OHL team, you have on every team there's one or two free agents that make it. So this isn't like pie in the sky crap, right? Free agents that make it, and you got late round picks that take spots. And, 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 and I guess why, how can that even be, right? If someone is so good at 15, 16 to go 300 or 250 players before this guy, how can, how can that be? And that to me is, and, and I, I really, you know, the more I, I, the more I've seen, I mean, there's a lot of kids that we train both in the gym and on the ice that have talent. They have it. There's, there's some, some serious talent and I've seen kids you know, because I watch so many OHL games that the talent is there. It's there, man. But the grit 
it is not. And and the grit just simply meaning the talent hasn't been put to work. And the quote, hard work beats talent when talent does not work hard is is so true. And and you you'll see that with people that you know a lot of the times the kid that gets the higher picker that wants to be the skill guy it's it's fine but you'll see someone else just give you something else and 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 do it consistently and and there's that hunger and it's really really important like at every level that you play every practice like it's so easy to get comfortable and say okay it's another practice another week but it goes by so fast and it's the kid that goes to the rink and and he and he does the workout like I'm talking the OHL right or junior B you get there and you do the little extra things. It's that kid. So the the the, the talent, you know, if, if if you're silky smooth with your smooth with your hand and you can go down the ice ten and twos and stuff, that's great. It's really impressive. But it really doesn't help when Arbor's coming at you and gonna take your head off. Now what do you have, right? And and hopefully you're slick and smart enough and you work those skills enough. But like, there's the grit guys that. They won't have it. <laughs> they yeah, won't have it. Well, this, these are these are intangible qualities that make it really hard to be a scout and really hard to be a team mm. because you can't measure these things. Yeah, that's why you have to actually or you can play. Be fooled. Yeah, that's why you have to actually play the game because if everything was just how it is on paper, that that'd be real. Life would be really easy if it was just how it is on paper. But you actually have to drop the puck and play the game, and that's where you start to see these guys pop out of nowhere that had this quality that you couldn't measure until you watch them in a game. And they have to go against a guy that's better than them. You know, if, if you're, if you play on uh, the Toronto Marlies and you guys didn't lose a game all year and you're the first line centerman, it's like, I'm not saying it's always an easy ride, but it's pr- a pretty easy ride for most of the year. You take that kid and throw him on the worst team in the OHL because he was a high pick and he has to take that first or second line centerman position and deliver against guys that are four or five years older that want to come and rip your head off, like you said. And they were all first round, second round, third round picks too. Maybe that kid doesn't have the thing that you thought, you know, and maybe the kid that you picked in the seventh round has it. And now he's playing first round or first line on the wing. And he's one of your better guys. And that first round guy, he's kind of fading off or, or not, but maybe he is. And, and that's, that's the thing that makes judging young kids difficult. And so that's why there's a lot of, a lot of play to get better and to, to make an impression. Yeah. Well, there's, there's so many guys, like, I, I don't want to name names necessarily, but, but there is like, there's a kid in, in Sarnia. Okay. Uh, Austin Wainwright, I think Wainwright's his last name. I think he was the ninth, ninth round pick. Right. Oh, five. I love watching him. Love watching him. He works his, and probably because he's always had to, right. He was like, I'm not saying he's not skilled. I, I, I'm not saying what I'm saying. I'm saying he's, he works his ass off, and when he works his ass off, shit happens. He makes plays. He has hits. He does. He's more important. Like, like it's hard to find a guy to replace that, right? You can have a skilled guy that make plays, but this guy brings you a different element, and it's very, very valuable. And it's very, very impressive. Yeah, for sure. Like watching so much OHL now, um, it's, it's so funny to see people. Like a lot of times, it's the later draft picks, like a good D. Um, like Gavin White signed with Dallas. He was uh he was drafted in the U eighteen draft. So he, so played in uh, Hamilton, won a championship with Hamilton, and then he got traded this year to Peterborough, and uh, played as an overage. Great skater, and you know he he did, wasn't wasn't drafted in the first draft, but he he didn't he just kept going, and he's a great player. Signed with Dallas, 
you look at, uh, you know, I'm looking at the guys around the league that are like the later pick defensemen that hard to play against, right? Hard to play against, man. Like, you know, you'll see their penalty minutes at 80 to 120 where there's not as much fighting anymore. So those are just hard, hard, hard penalties. And it's like, that's why the third round, just for an example, that's why that third or fourth round D who has a lot of skill and stuff just gets a spot taken by the 11th or the seventh rounder that has that grit that brings that, I don't want to play against this guy shift after shift, right? And that's what that's what makes it so interesting. Yeah, that's a good point because you, you get if you're like a mid round pick, you're not as skilled as supposedly the, like on paper, Early, yeah. yeah, right. You're not as skilled necessarily yeah. as the first, second you're round, not Aaron D, but you're not. You don't have the grit of maybe the big kid they took a chance on in the tenth round because he plays with a little bit of spice to him, you know. So yeah, that is it is interesting to see that because it's not it's like we I mean we've mentioned this all the time. It's like there's more than one type of job that needs to be filled on these teams. And when when they don't have it, if they just try to build a, a team around skill, a lot of times it doesn't work. You need to have different types of role players to balance the team out. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just really interesting to yeah, watch. It's cool. Yeah. So a lot of good players. Don't uh the the key is again is have that grit. Have that grit to look long term, and it take, that's the work part, man. Yeah, the work part of wanting to learn, wanting to persevere, and and keeping your mind focused and looking long term, not short term. So, um, so having said all that, as 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 parents, how can I help you? How can I help mom and dad right now? Because listen, I'm p- parents are gonna go nuts. They still do the OHL level. Sometimes when I talk to parents, I I, I walk and I go, oh, Jesus, you know. Like, but it's, it's funny. I, I think I was telling you this. I see, I see parents a lot of the times they get very, very like at, at the OHL level, um, getting really concerned with their kids performance or their, you know, uh, ice time, different things like that. Right. I know a lot of people, right. So it's always the same things. And, and I, I said to you this a couple of weeks ago, it's like, at what point do you let your kid become the player? I think when they're if they're if they're worked hard enough and are fortunate enough to play junior hockey at 16 years old, that's you still have to be a, a parent and and guide them. Like there's you got to navigate and see where their heads at because there's a lot of shit going on. And once they get 17, like so, once you see that your kid is committed to being um, doing their best to be a pro. Like, I don't know how involved that you need to be because it's like the, your dream is it's over for you. It's it's now up to the, the player. So when a, when a kid is signed, a, let's say, an NHL contract or they're drafted or their third year in the OHL, let's say, and they're 18, 19 years old, it's like now they're actually adults. They're not little kids anymore. So when dad and mom get all hung up on the ice or the performance of the kid, it's like that's the adult. I mean, you could always, if the, if the kid asks you, how is my game? You can say, well, you can say whatever you want to say. I'm not, I'm not your, I'm not the kid's dad, but I know what I would say to my kid. Right. It'd be like, you know how you played, right. I don't have to say too much. You got to figure it out. Well, it but is, for most of the parents too, it's not even that you could help them if you wanted to. This is my point. This is my point. You know? The coaches, you've got coaches, you've got a thing in there and it's like your son, like at that, at that level, the kid knows whether he wants to do this or not. You can't pump, like you used that the other day, you can't pump that tire. It's, the air comes out as soon as it gets going. 
that that kid has to want it and has to be an adult. And maybe you have that conversation if you if you want and say, I just don't know if you want it or whatever. You maybe have that. But at that point, at 17, 18, 19, when you're playing in that league, it's like he either's got to figure it out or he's not. You can't do this anymore, you know, as parents, right? Yeah, and it's, that doesn't mean you can't try to be helpful. Like you do, obviously, helpful. you do do your parent thing. Like mm-hmm. that's cool. But, be, but not, don't be the coach. Yeah, but I cannot tell you, or you, I don't need to tell you, how many times I talk to a dad or whatever, and it's like, well, I tell him to do this, this, and this. Yeah, good, and good idea. And and when I'm sitting here, like that's that's completely the not that's not right. That's not what you should be telling them to do. You know, or or even away from away from the game, like just with how they should be training or how they should be working out. Like I had dad talking to me the other day about how his kid shouldn't do do heavy weights, and I'm like, that's the complete wrong thing to tell your kid. That's at the age that the kid is at. That's exactly what they should be starting to do, is hit the weights, man. It's time. And so this is the kid now is listening to this, so he's got this influence every day of not that, not that, not that, and it's wrong. So from the parent perspective, it's have a little bit of humility to know where your limits are. And that, again, that doesn't mean you don't help and try to do your parent thing and support and, and try to solve problems, but know like how to stay in your lane with the kind of advice that you're giving, because you might be giving them the wrong kind. Yeah. I, I don't talk to my kid about hockey. I mean, the only thing, the only thing I do is like, if he says, how, how did I play? I, actually, my answer is, what do you think? Cause you know. He doesn't ask me for hockey advice anymore. Yeah, it's it's more like uh, he might need a, a attitude adjustment. That's about yeah, and, it. And, it's, and that's being a dad, not being a hockey coach. Yeah, he's got coaches, man. I know, and he's it's got that's coaches. coming from someone who could like you would have advice to give, and you're still like, yeah, but I'm dad. I'm not. I'm not Andy Pocket, like NHL skills coach, former coach, former player. Give advice role here. You know, it's it's I'm dad. This is dad mode. Well, it's really funny. I don't know if I told you this, but there was one game where my brother asked, my wife asked, and we were watching on TV here because I couldn't get to the game. He said, was, was he off a little bit today? Like, he wasn't as physical as he typically is. And I go, yeah, he'd been maybe a little banged up or something. But, yeah, he finished some. But, yeah, I think he was a little off. But he came out with the biggest smile and happy because he did exactly what the coach said. So it's like, good, good thing. Good thing you don't have dad coach. Mm-hmm. Tell him why didn't you go out there and hammer guys tonight? Well, yeah, because right? that, that was a game where the coach told them to him and uh, make yeah, it not to not run around. Right. So we're so yeah, we're sitting here yeah. watching. Like, why isn't he finishing? Yeah, finishing every hits? check. Yeah, and it's like, well, coach, coach said, said don't. don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. So right? who are we to so say? It's a, and, yeah. and this is my point. I am so glad that I don't sit there with you know the the uh, mad face after a game. Or like disappointed face that you didn't do this, this, or this, because I'm not in the room, and and nor do I want to be, or do I want to coach? I want to be his dad. That's it. So, anyways, parents, how can I help you? Here's what I would say: like as you're coming up through this game, it's very, very easy to get caught up, and someone gives you some some information, and uh, and you get an email, whatever, whatever, all these things that tell you how great your kid are, or they start people start. Talking about the draft or college and stuff. Understand something: very few kids are going to get that opportunity. Enjoy the game, enjoy the, watching your kid, and 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 put as much fun in the game and learn. Like, what do we want out of this? Like, honestly, you want to learn lessons in life. When you're done this game, do you want to be a a, a pretty good hockey player? Do you want to be a good hockey player that has tools that you actually learn from the game? That'd be number one. Number two, don't give your your kids false hope. 
So because someone said that you had a good game, don't take that and make it bigger than what it is. Or if you heard that you're getting drafted or it's obvious that you're getting drafted, don't make it bigger than what it is. My message would always be no matter what people say or how good you are is to always come back with, there's a lot of good players out there, son. There's a lot of good players and it takes a lot of work, right? So understand that overestimate how good other people are so that you work hard and underestimate how good you are so that you work hard so that you're always dialed in and you don't think you're better than what you are. And, and, and then by, by doing this, if you, if you, if you understand like it's a big world out there and just because someone's, you might even have an interview as many people did. And someone say, you know, if, if you're around in the second or third round, fourth round, we, we probably are going to take you if you're there. And then they come around and they're not drafted. It's just, Something changed, man. Things will change. There's a lot of good players. So just don't be, try and eliminate the disappointment. So, so don't think you're all first round picks or second round picks. Just do the job. And if it doesn't, if you get drafted later, if you don't get drafted at all, it means that you didn't get drafted or you got drafted later. That's all it means. It doesn't mean the end of anything. There's a lot of time to be a great player. So, um, help your, help your, yeah, and just prepare your kids for worst case scenarios. And the worst case scenario is he doesn't get drafted. And that was a question I asked my son. So what happens, you know, because there was a lot of, he was in an area where teams are saying, okay, this is where, yeah, if you're around here, if you're around here, if you're around. Um, and I said, what if it doesn't happen? How are you going to feel? He goes, I'll be pissed. Okay, you'll be pissed. But what? He goes, well, it doesn't matter. I still, okay, that's good. What if you don't get drafted? Do you still love hockey? Yes. Will you still play hard? Yes. Okay, that's what I need to know. So let's look at the worst case scenario. You don't get drafted. And then if you do, everything else is a bonus. Because it's not, because here's the thing. Here's a here's the freaking thing. It's like what I said about when Shane Wright got those interviews and Slavkovsky about how important is it to you get drafted first overall. It's like, that's out of your control, right? The only thing that you have in your control is, is what, when you play, play hard, play right, and do your best. If you've done that, Everything is out of your control. You could be the best player. In, in long term, you might be the best player that came out of that draft. But if you get picked in the eighth round, does that change anything? It shouldn't. Yeah. Right? And I that's, cannot overstate how important that is from the parent side of it to help your kid with that. Because from the, kids, from the kid perspective, and you have to understand this as the parent, the kid's perspective is, I want to play in the NHL because that's what every hockey player says. But from your perspective, what are we trying to do with our kid here? What is the goal? And the questions that you were talking about asking Charlie is so important because we're, we're getting the kid to be resilient. We're making them resilient when we prepare them for the worst case. Because when the worst case happens, because sometimes the worst case happens. And when it does, they have a plan. They have, they've, they've heard this before. They've visualized it before. They felt the feelings before or as close to the to those feelings as they can get when they think about it. That's the beauty of being a person is you can project situations in your head and actually feel what it might feel like, you know, to you have your heart broken because you didn't get drafted or whatever the thing is you wanted to accomplish so badly and it doesn't happen. You can practice that. You can see it. You can use imagery to do that. You can put yourself in that position so you're not blindsided by something. And that's the role of parents because all the kid is thinking of is OHL, NHL. They're not thinking of the intermediate steps. It's really hard for them to think long-term. It's really hard for them to think past tomorrow or this week or the draft or whatever. They don't have the tools yet to do that. They have a little kid brain. 
you as the parent should have those tools. And if you don't, then you need to get the tools so that you can teach them the tools because they're kids. They don't know any different. So when you're asking those questions, like what happens if you don't get drafted? What happens if you go in the 10th round instead of the third? Everyone's saying you're going in the third, but what if you go in the 10th? What if nobody picks you? What if you, what if you break your leg and then they don't draft you? What if, what if you get hurt the first game? What if they cut you when you go to camp? These are all questions that you need to ask so that the kid has heard, seen, or thought of that possibility before. That's the only way that they can equip themselves to the degree that they can for the tragedy to happen or for the bad situation to happen. It's yeah. the only way they can do it. And that's yeah. your job as parents is, it is. to prepare them. It so is. I, can, I cannot stress and, enough and, how and, important and, that and is. And for the same, not that it's their job, but I think if coaches can take a role in helping with that, it's very helpful. It's not like every kid, every minute, but it's like sending that message and, you know, taking a kid aside and, you know, this is where coaching is. It can be, you can be so effective, right? You can sit there with your best player on your team that you know, because the teams have been talking to you about them even, and you know that, you know, because you've been coaching for a while and you've seen this kid and you know that he's got something, There's he's getting drafted and getting drafted early. It's, you can still pull that kid aside and say, so uh, what are the plans? What do you want to do? You know, yeah, good. Well, you know, obviously there's some teams talking, but, you know, there's a lot of players out there. And, you know, you just keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, I, hopefully good things happen, but you got to work, right? You got to keep working and keep screw their head on straight. And you can do that with the kid that thinks he's great. So that he's, and, and the crazy dad, that's, uh, you know, the, the guy that knows everything about everything and right. And the kid thinks that he's going to get drafted because of whatever you can tell that kid too, is, you know, it, there's a lot of kids out there. Just work hard. Got to keep working out. Or you teach the kids about disappointments, show them an OHL roster and say, Oh, look at first round, second round, first round, third round, 11th round, 12th round, free agent, second round, third round, show them this is, this is true. We have kids locally that are later picks that did both first overall, third overall, seventh overall, fourth overall, and 200, like Noah was the second last pick in the draft that are all playing. So show them there's, these are examples, bring them in, bring, bring a local kid in that, that, uh, plays and said yeah this is my story like it's kids want to see it this is how you can help but anyways um help your help your kid think long term don't just think about the draft like like because if you just think about the draft then then it's like a punch right in the head yeah right it's like there's nothing after that right that's what i mean the draft the draft the draft it's like okay but what if it doesn't work out where do we want to go and map help map out a plan but then more importantly help them help them create some habits that that will help them to get their goals and stuff like that, and that's that's about it. Play with passion. Teach them to play with passion. Teach them grit if you can. And best way to teach is you know yeah, I, have some yourself. <laughs> have some yourself. Yeah. Just to see, see, have the kids see you do something that that if you hey dad you just stuck to it, eh? Right. And that could be going for the walks or it could be building a thing, you know, for ten minutes a day. And, and, and one day it's built. Like, see the grit, see the consistency and persistency, and um, and then see if your kids have it. And if they don't, then you're if they don't have the grit, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, really, don't worry about yeah, it. Talent ain't gonna be enough unless you're Connor McDavid, but he's got grit. And then from the players, it's kind of the same thing. Think long term if you can. Try to think longer term. It's sometimes it's hard. Don't listen to the hype. That's that. That because that's that that the the. Uh, the outside noise. Don't listen to it. Good or bad. Don't listen to it. Try not to compare yourself. Uh, hard to do, but when you compare yourself to someone, you're going to do it either negatively. That guy's no good or I'm better. 
or uh, you compare to someone that's too good and you just, you know, it brings yourself down. Just focus on you and the task at hand and um, work harder than you think you, if you think you work hard, is there another, is there more lemon in that juice or more juice in that lemon that you can squeeze? Is there a little bit more? Can you empty the tank a little bit more? Did you shoot? You're like, I was in that book I was reading. Will Smith has a quote that uh, if we go on a treadmill, he goes, you're not staying on longer than me. And he goes, that's what got me through being an actor, being successful. He goes, I just won't get off the treadmill before you. He used that as an example. He goes, if I'm on a treadmill with you, I, you will get off first. And he just knows that he knows that that's the way it's going to be. And that's the, the thinking that you want to have as a player is like, I'm just going to stick to this longer than you. And um, and that's that. I, I don't know. Could probably talk all day about this. I, mean, I think I'm done. Yeah, no, I think that's good, man. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'll wrap it up on another quote. Okay. Robert Kiyosaki. You know who that is? Yep. Financial guy. guy. Yeah, financial guy. Rich man, poor man. Yes. Read his book. Did you? Yeah. I didn't. Didn't apply one thing. <laughs> I have, but I love that. That's so funny. You know, you gotta, yeah. yeah. So there's one part of this quote that I liked, which is why I picked it. So I'm going to read it. Here it is. Remember to dream big, think long-term, underachieve on a daily basis and take baby steps. That is the key to long-term success. That's my quote. Cool. Okay. Bye.